Welcome back for the launch of Season 5 of the Nassiman Hockey Podcast. James, it's that time of year. I have to relearn where everyone is. A bunch of players moved. I, I'm already a little lost about it. And the, I, I wish I was joking. I feel like it takes until December, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy, Max Domi, plays in whatever <laughs> team. I couldn't even tell you right now. I forgot already. But he's in some, maybe Toronto, somewhere else. Uh, there's a lot that happened over the first five or six days, I guess, by the time you're hearing this. Um, any Any of these moves, signings, or trades – uh, other than the ones that happened on Long Island, we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. That stood out to you? Uh, you you mean in in the NHL in general? In the NHL in general, like anything that that stood out, a team that stood out uh, that kind of jumped ahead. I have one in mind. I would be surprised if we had different ones. So one of the ones that stuck stuck out for me. Um, was Pittsburgh and hmm. it, I I was surprised by Pittsburgh's long-term commitment to Tristan Jari because they okay. signed him okay. they signed him for 5 years at He's so bad. Over so like bad. 5 million bucks a year. The thing was it was so late in the day that they signed him and hmm. I I I didn't think there was any other options on the board for Pittsburgh as far as goaltending that they had to fork over $25 million to a injury prone goaltender who, yes, when he's healthy, he's, he's good. He's, he's on point, but he also has these moments where the other team gets in his head or, or maybe even the crowd gets in his head and, and suddenly he's not playing like this goaltender who you can depend on where rather than he's, he's this, inconsistent goaltender who, you know, you can't really rely on in a big moment. It was just, it was very odd to me to see how late in the day, how much they paid Tristan Jari, just because it felt like they could have retained him for way less. So there was that one that stuck out to me. And then the other one that stuck out to me. There weren't a lot of options. I'll, I'll give them that where. Hold on. There's still options. And they didn't options. have to. There are still they and they they could have went the trade route if they had to, right? Maybe the they free agent assets, market. Though? No, I mean they. You know, as as far I feel as like they don't prospects, maybe not, but they could have made something work for, for to to get someone like John Gibson. They they were reportedly interested in acquiring him, hometown guy. He's from he, even he's, he's not from great. Pennsylvania. I, 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 I mean, have you give him a opinions. shot. He's got, he's got to be better than than Jari. Jari had like the end of that season, but even this goes back years that he's been trouble yeah. for them. Um, well, and, but and that's the thing. Like uh, Jari's so been bad. so much trouble, and they committed so much that I'm just confused. I'm really, I'm just confused as to why they did that. And look. Hopefully it, it works out for them, you know. Hopefully, uh, I mean, not not that it matters to me, you know, the, the, what Pittsburgh does, but you know, it, they committed to a guy who, in my opinion, it, I, I think that that's not going to work out real soon. 
like real soon. Oh no, the other, I, I think they put themselves in a really bad position. The other one that stuck out to me, uh another in another negative sense was um Miles Wood. I, I thought he was a good fit for the Islanders uh on, on a you know two, three year deal. That's six years to go to Colorado. I was really surprised by that because I watch this guy every day. And look, I, I think he's a really good bottom six forward, but they committed six years to the guy. Uh, and we could talk about the Islanders commitments later. You know, maybe it's echoing some similar sentiments here, but they committed six years to Miles Wood, who is injury prone. Um, and although he's got good tools, he is prone to making costly mistakes. So I was just overall very surprised. It's interesting. I, I did think he'd be a good fit on Long Island. He always gave the Islanders fits. But I think it's the case of the Stanley Cup champion and the two teams that made it to the final kind of making it that copycat league. And right. teams like Colorado, who didn't do great in the playoffs this year, are like, oh, okay, we need a little more grit, a little more toughness in our bottom six. And Wood is is good. There's your uh, yeah. T-shirt idea. But... <laughs> I, I think adding somebody like that, maybe they need a little bit more speed. Um, they were without Kadri and a couple other players, not to say that he's a bottom six player, but like some of that extra little toughness and grit that you saw in Vegas and Florida that helped them kind of chip away. And even, even teams like the Islanders, where when they've made it deep on runs, it was this kind of grind them out style and it wasn't always pretty. Vegas did everything. They matched everybody's tone that entire run. So I think those are those are good picks for surprises. Anything else that stood out to you? Um, you know, looking through the tracker, nothing else too too surprising. Uh, I, I just there there's still some good guys available. Um, I, I guess if anything else on free agency day surprised me, um, or just leading up to to free agency day. Um, you know, I knew that there was a, a new culture that was going to be coming for Nashville. I didn't see them buying out Matt Duchesne. I understood trading Johansson. I didn't see Duchesne coming. I thought that he was okay for what they were doing there. It, so that was my surprise in, in general. I, there was... I mean, there's a few like a Jari thing and I guess Duchesne in particular, but I was looking at things on the whole. So things like Boston and that made that happened even before. I think we talked about that last week, Hall and Felino being traded um, to Chicago from Boston. So you're seeing some teams do some crazy things. And you're like, oh, OK, this is this is really happening. Pacioretty signed in Washington back to the top of the show where I don't remember already. Um Patrick is not in Carolina anymore. Whatever. No, he, he did he sign with Washington. That's correct. He did sign with Washington. Um, but to me, Nashville stuck out on the whole with just, it felt like the sheer amount of moves, maybe only second to Toronto. Um, what well, felt like also made a ton of moves and still need to do stuff. You know like, what? They're working on we- it like Nylander stuff and goalie, but whatever. I don't want to talk about Toronto. That it's like Nashville and just the stuff that Trotz was doing and very clearly trying to get a certain culture 
together there and rid that locker room of whatever was ailing them since they made that deep run in 2017 against the Penguins all the way to the cup final. They, they clearly needed something and Trotz saw whatever the issue was and he's on a path to fix it, at least how he sees it anyway. Um, who was the team that you just said? Toronto. I think they made a, a lot of really good signings. I, I heard a really good analogy before, uh, so I can't take credit for it, but Toronto always felt like the core four, right? It was always the, the those four guys, Riley, Matthews, Tavares, and uh, Marner, or, well, I'm forgetting Nylander, too. To, Who's yeah, the core to, four? Tavares, Let, Tavares Marner, Nylander, Matthews. Okay, so not Morgan Riley. So Riley's out of that. So regardless, it, it always felt like that the whole team centered around those four guys. They made some really good ads in Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi. Um, now Ryan it's become Reeves. more than it, it, Ryan Reeves. Yeah, Ryan Reeves. Look, you can hate the three-year term that they gave him. You bet your ass no one's going to be taking runs at Austin Matthews now. Who's doing that? Well, you no need one. to the, – the players on that team, and I, I think the Islanders to a certain degree, even though they have Martin and Clutterbuck in the lineup, there weren't enough, as Steve Dangle calls it, confetti gloves, where someone's taking a run at your guy, <laughs> like a Pajot or whatever, and guys yeah. are just th- like doing it. Like We lacked a little bit of that grit this year for whatever reason. I'm not blaming anybody. I, I felt like they just needed, I don't know. They, they lost that touch in their game. Um, Ross Johnson, of course, notwithstanding, because he was taking on two guys uh, against the Penguins or somebody. He was holding, he was on one knee and he was holding two people back. Uh, yeah. An iconic photo if, you, if you've seen it. But yeah i think toronto made a lot of moves that was surprising but they needed to do it that's why it didn't surprise me trots just came into nashville and it was like oh yeah o'reilly we're gonna get rid of these guys um we're committed to uc saros as a goalie um they have a decent um they added luke shen as well from toronto yeah they did um and they leave that they're still i think what was really surprising so they do all this stuff they have you know buyout penalties or whatever they still have almost $9 million this season. And then next year, they're committed. They have four forwards committed and two UF, two RFAs. So, like, it's a hard reset next year. The highest yeah. paid forward is probably one of the buyouts, but the highest paid forward is Ryan O'Reilly at four and a half. So, Trotz, like, did a bit of work here to get that figured out. Roman Yossi is the highest paid player on the team, followed by Ryan McDonough at nine and just over nine, five, nine, because they had to put their Jersey numbers in there and uh, six and three quarters with McDonough. But even that group is down to just five uh, out of seven guys. It, it looks like for next season. So there's even room there. Tyson Berry is at four and a half. He's gone next season. He's 31. They might resign him for cheap. Um, and then carry I'm not, I don't really know anything about him, but he's at two and a half. Um, so they they have a, like, you know, fairly young team, only a, you know, 
I guess the D is very, very old, so they need to figure that out. But, you know, Roman Yossi, I still take him every single day. Ryan McDonough is still very, very good. Luke Shen's tough. Uh, uh, Scott Mayfield type. So it's interesting. There's there's going to be, I think, some constant change. And I think they could still be good this season. So that's why it surprised me that they were making all these moves and they still looked pretty good. And then it's upsetting that the Islanders didn't get their hands on one of these players that were bought out. But we can talk about that a little bit after we talk about who the Islanders did sign uh, right before that really quick, just, you know, rating of who did the best so far and who's done the worst so far. And are there teams that you think are in the messy middle? I think Pittsburgh might be in the messy middle yeah. uh, a- area. Um, best worst meh what do you got um that's a really good question best worst meh well i feel like some teams didn't do anything like i didn't hear yeah a peep out of vancouver yeah there was definitely definitely quite a few teams that did not do anything um or or much at all but i think toronto is definitely one of my teams that did really well um i think I, I think I kind of like no because I criticized the Miles Wood thing before, but I like what they did with getting Ross Colton and and taking a chance on Jonathan Drouin. But I, I can't that, that's messy middle to me. Avalanche is messy middle with with those acquisitions. Um, I think the Rangers had a really weird free agency. They signed a bunch of guys to just $800,000 contracts that are past their prime. I don't know who they are anymore. Yeah. I frankly, like after last, the playoff run and all those players that they brought in and then they left and they gave up these picks and assets and they have like these two first run picks in uh, Kako and Lafreniere and they have this amazing goalie. They still have, you know, Panarin like, and Zibanejad and, and, and Kreider and Trocek. Like on paper, they look I'm almost a little envious as an Islander fan because I, I I don't know why I just like respect that lineup. But then then they play and I'm like, I I don't think there's anything there. Yeah, it, it looks it, much better on paper than in reality. It, and Islanders almost the opposite, right? Even it, New Jersey's almost the opposite. Well, yeah. No, not New Jersey. I think New Jersey on paper looks both really good because they are really good, but they got a um, click though. Like they actually, there's there's a step that some players need to take. I think for New Jersey next season, like a Timo yeah. Meyer, you had made a point. I saw you wrote to somebody. You know, he was there for like pretty much a cup of coffee in the regular season, and then no, never really got going in the playoffs. I think to the degree that everyone wanted. Um, certainly a lot of potential, but it's got to oh, click. Yeah. It's got to click in New Jersey for him, and now yeah. they're committed to him for eight years. So right, so they have, you know, they have some time to figure it out, but they're. They're young right now and relatively cheap still. Yeah. Even even given the amount of money that they've just given out, they're they're still pretty cheap and they still have a lot of like that bottom six might be that next thing. Tyler DeFoley adding him. I, I think that's a good move. Um, it's all gotta work, right? I think again, this isn't on paper right now. You can go through their highest paid players, even just the highest played five or six players, and think. Wow, that is a hell of a goddamn team. 
Yeah. But they have to make it work together. Like it's it's kind of like the Islanders. Like, oh, it was good last year. Why isn't it good this year? And there's just an X factor. Like something changed and it's not working, right? Andrew Burnett not being behind the bench, similar to Barry Trott simply just not being around, may just change the dynamic enough where can Lindy Ruff actually do it on his own and bring along the assistance and, and have it make it work remains to be seen. And, you know, and, it, and, it, and there's a new coach on in uh, with the Rangers too. And uh, Laviolette. So like a lot of questions with the uh, East river and, and Hudson river rivals. Yeah. I, I hear that. I also think that there's, you know, at least for New Jersey, like they brought in Travis green. I thought that was a really good underrated hire. Um, I think that's going to be something that, you know, he gets a second chance to be back in the NHL. I've taken some time to reflect. A lot of people talk about how smart of a hockey mind a guy like Travis Green is. Um, and, and I think that he was put in a situation in Vancouver that didn't really like he, he was kind of just thrown into a bunch of shit. And it was like, good luck, you know, sink or swim. And he sank just because it was too heavy of a burden to to try and. And overcome. So, um, I think that that's, was a really that's good. Isles Legend, Travis Green. Isles Legend, Travis Green. Yes, um, he's in that famous know. photo with um, with Casparitis, and they're looking at each other like, "Are we really wearing these?" Yeah, <laughs> in the locker room, it's incredible. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, I understand the hesitation to commit to. Okay, this team is legit in in New Jersey. Um, but I don't know. I, I honestly, and this isn't just because I cover the team. I, I, I don't see a, a reason why they can't be Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah, I, I there's a lot of teams in their way. My one of the teams that I thought did well, maybe on a more quiet level, was Carolina. They added a little bit of grit and bunting. They added a lot of skill yeah. in Orlov. Yeah, and 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 rounded some stuff out. They still have Brent Burns, they still have that you know uh, Brett Pesci. Um, there's they're on the younger side outside of a few players. They did bring back Anderson, which I was a little surprised about, but they have Ronta still. Um, they they they're brought, a good team. They brought both of those guys back. They were both free agents. Oh well, okay, I didn't even realize that. But sorry, right, so they bring both of them back. They're they're both well over thirty. And I say that being almost 33 years old. Um, so I don't like saying like Frederick Anderson's on the, on the wrong side of 30 um, at 33, but yeah, they're not expensive if they needed to actually make moves. Um, Ronta's at one and a half. Like you, you could move them. You just need to figure out what you're doing afterwards. Um, and so to mention like Svechnikov is still on IR, you know, from last season. So like they're, they're in a good place. Uh, so I, I liked where they added around the edges a little bit. And they're still committed for a little while longer to their uh, their top players. Sebastian Ajo needs a deal after this year, though. Turvina needs a deal after this year. Um, Martin Nikas is an RFA after this season. So I think they add in the right places to kind of give a bunch of prove-me deals to the players that got them pretty far and got swept against Florida. Um I like them. I didn't think that was a mushy middle. I thought they did maybe not the best, but they did pretty good. And they, other than Nashville kind of doing a bunch of stuff, um, they're a mushy middle to me. 
because I don't know what any of it means yet. Kind of like New Jersey. I, I On paper, it's great. I just want to see it click. New, the Rangers, too. Like I, I don't know who they are anymore. I know the Islanders are just weird, but... <laughs> I, I there, there's a lot of teams that made moves like Carolina, Toronto, a couple t- and uh, Colorado. They made moves that made them more of who they are or who they want to be, and it was where they were lacking in certain spaces. But I'm not. Some of these other teams, I'm just not entirely sure what's what's going on here. Nassim and Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.trapkings.com slash baseball terms. To Long Island, we <laughs> go, though. And talking about more of the same... Uh, we we certainly got just a that. lot of just that, um, just that. <laughs> you know, and I'll preface this. And, and I was writing this this morning a little bit. Um, I'm not really concerned to where we start and end this portion, so we can kind of move seamlessly because it's going to wind up. We're going to bring a player up and a contract and start talking about the cap in general and what the team's payroll is and blah blah blah. And we're going to go into the implications and who else they can sign. So this is going to get a little messy. We're going to try to contain it. But I, I think we're going to wind up going all over the place. Um, did anything surprise you here of the four? We'll call it the core four signings, although this is certainly not the core four. Because <laughs> um, there were more signings as of Wednesday before we hit record. There were a bunch of signings during the day. Um, so the core four that we're talking about today, as far as the signings are, Sorokin, Engvall, Farlamov, and Mayfield. Anything stand out? I mean, I think we know what the good one is. I think the Sorokin one's easy. Yes. Almost not even worth talking about. 
because it's the it's the easiest one to just we be should like, talk about oh. it a little bit <laughs> well no I, I mean in the sense that like he deserved it he's the honest 100%. goalie yes and yeah of course eight by Listen, a little little the, more than the, eight and the one, you know, the one thing i'll say about that one is that he could have made more okay he took what was it 8.25 chef's kiss Mwah. he could have had vasilevsky money he could have had nine and a half right he could have had carry price money but he gets 8.25 under market value chef's kiss right I don't understand the other three. All three of them. All three. Even Varlamov at what we suspected was two and a half by three. He gets a little bit of a raise and an extra year or so. Right. You, so you, have it, you take issue with that? Here's the thing. I'll, I'll, and I, te- I texted this to you the other day. Um, he went to free agency for a couple hours, right? I, maybe it wasn't anything official. Maybe it wasn't anything, um, you know, too serious. But Carolina took serious interest in him, right? The word leading up to free agency was that he was going to sign two years, two and a half million bucks. I have to wonder if Carolina pitched something to him. He went back and said, look, I want to be here, but that's a lot of money that I'm going to leave on the table. And Lou just said, okay, here's an extra two years. Because I don't know, man. Paying a guy going into his age 36 season for the next four years. I get that he's, you know, he loves being on Long Island. I get that right now the relationship works, but there's a real chance that after one year of this contract, like age is gonna catch up to this guy. They're committed to a backup goaltender now for four years that I guess it's a manageable cap hit, but it's a long time to commit to somebody on a 35 plus contract, especially in net. So well, it's, it's very interesting. And and I get, I get the other side of the argument, you know, Sorokin could play 60 games, but I think we're trying to decrease how many starts he has in a season to keep him fresh for the playoffs. We've had that conversation before. Yeah, and it's interesting too because, and and this is just going because we didn't talk about the other ones. Um, no, we'll the, get other, to those the other two contracts. But what I want to like zoom out for a second is it's it's interesting that Lamoral took a very specific approach to this. So there was a juxtaposition or or a weird dichotomy between the Lamoral what Lamoral said on two different occasions. His reasoning and and Kerr said something very similar, and he, he pointed this out. Was less than a month ago, Lamarell said, "Well, three years ago, before the pandemic, we banked on the cap going up, and we shouldn't have made certain signings if we knew what was about to happen in a, in a flat cap world." Right. So it was interesting that. They're, the team clearly is looking ahead at the cap going up possibly to 92 million by 25, 26. Um, and 92 is a big number. It's considerably more. It's $9 million more. Um, we're just shy of $9 million more than it is right now. So it's interesting that he took that approach 
to describing what had happened and then is banking on it going up again. Granted, we're not going to go through a pandemic again. If I jinx it, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> right. But I, I find it hard to believe that it's not going to go up. So it's, but it's still interesting that he banked on it because any number of things could happen. Right. So, but given that the cap is going to go up, I'm surprised you take so much issue with with Angval at three million for seven years. Is it just the term? Clearly, the AAV is not a problem, right? That's pretty no. affordable. But to keep the AAV down, knowing that in less than two years it's going to be the the cap's going to go up ten million. So if you're three through four, he's not great. Or I'm sorry, like at the latter end, the last three or four years of the contract, he's not great, but the first three or four years is good. Is that really a big deal? Like you can move a $3 million deal. I think when I look at these deals, I say those are so movable at the at the end of them, it's almost irrelevant. And then you got to also think in the meantime, you're thinking about re-signing Lee, who's got two years left, and Nelson, or maybe Lee has three years left and Nelson has two. But even those contracts are coming up. Yeah, it's Nelson Lee has it this year and two more years. Brock Nelson has it this year and another year. So that's six and seven million dollars that you know I'm not saying are quote off the books as like we did with other players, but could look different on the other side. They'll be far into their 30s at that point, and unless Nelson keeps it up, 30, 40 goals a season, which is entirely possible, he's only gotten better. Someone like Lee could come back for much cheaper. But that's a hard deal to move by the time he's 34 or 5, 6 years old. With some of these other guys, you know, Engvall's 27. Yeah, maybe when he's 32, that deal doesn't look good. But for $3 million, you can figure out where to move him. There's room for him somewhere. Yeah. In in the league, so is there still an issue? Like you, I, I just I feel like it was one of it's just one of those things where, you know, Lamorello might have said to himself, like, I'm not gonna be running this team in the next five years. What do I care if it's gonna if this is what it's gonna take to retain him for myself now? I'll do it. Yeah, I I've, I've heard that argument from a, a few other shows as well to say like. Oh, okay. I don't really care what happens at the end of this deal. Like, I'm not going to be the GM anyway. These still seem very affordable, though. The highest is Mayfield at three and a half. And again, given what he brings to the table in relation to what Vegas did and what Florida did this year, that's probably why he got what he got. He may have, and you got to realize, Strogan got eight years. He signed. He's still an island player. Mayfield and Engvall were technically UFAs. So as you said before, they may have heard other deals, even very briefly. Although I think that right. everything was kept, you know, close to the vest. They, they still may have gotten a deal or two that came through that that said, okay, you got to do full seven years. I still think the AAV is okay. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. None of these numbers are my favorite thing. But at the AAV, I can swallow it. They're movable 
later in their in their contracts. I I could I could understand, and I, you're right about the AAV. I'm okay with the AAV. I just wonder, you know, and again, look if the cap goes up and Engvall in year four is only making three million bucks, and that's equivalent to today's one and a half million. Great, that can probably be moved. But it, I, I don't know. At, at least right now, it was just it was just shocking. Maybe that's what it is. It was just shocking to me because I had said to you, if they commit to Engvall four by four, we were both uncomfortable with that. That's seven years. You yeah, hope, three million dollars. Hope there's there's a there's a a debate as to whether this guy's a second line player, and maybe he's not. And I understand that he fit really well with Paul Mary and Nelson. They only have two years left each. What do you do after that? I think that's where you deal with it at the time. And if he's a third line player, part, you know, further into the deal, we've seen cheaper guys play. And he might be a fourth line guy later on. You got to think that fourth line right. is going to keep changing. Parise still not back. Wallstrom is still not signed and there's a chance that there's a move to bring in somebody else. I think for the long-term health of the team, the AAV helps, right? Each season as the cap goes up, these are smaller percentages of the cap. If you need to buy somebody out, it's not that much. If you need to trade them, right. it's not that bad. I think I'm not worried. I, you know, I'll take the, the GM approach of, it's not my problem in a few years. It will be eventually. We're fans. We're not going anywhere. But I'm not worried about years from now. I can barely think of what this team's actually going to do on the ice this season coming up. Forget about in two or three years from now. I like that the Horvats and the Sorokins and the Barzells are locked up. And there's even you know a few other players that I, that I really like that are still around for a few more years. But... I'm not worried about where Angball's playing. Um, I want to see the th- the three of them hit it off this year again, with with Nelson and Palmieri, and just play well, you know. Yeah. And, and that first line, That's fair. you know, whatever. So like, I- I'm not super concerned about this long term, even though it's a little ugly, because it still gives Lemerel a little flexibility. I don't really know what that looks like though, because there's the Bruncat room. Well, hang on, hang on. Before we before we get there. Can we talk about Mayfield? Because we talked a lot about Engvall for seven years, but Mayfield got seven years too. His position say, is different. He's a defenseman. I'll say that's my least favorite one. Okay. That's easily my least favorite one. I think I could agree with you on that. Varlamov is fine. He'll just play less and less of a role. And we'll see if the hot tub's too hot for Sorokin. Um, you know, there there's something to be said here. I think people were giving it's funny. People outside of the Islanders sphere were very quick to call the Sorokin deal great and the other ones not great really quick. And I think people really close to the team saw a Sorokin that broke down a little bit in that playoff series and saw, I don't want to say the worst of Sorokin, but certainly not his best. So on the heels of not his best series or six game stretch to get that deal 
you really hope that that was a glitch and that he can turn it on much better on the other side of all this. So I, I think it's easy to say that with, with Mayfield. I don't know. I think it was he, his style was at a premium and the only way to keep that AAV down was to extend him for a long time. Yeah. Um, you're probably right about that. It's just really tough to see that seven year term because by year, real bad, real tough by year four. I think that's going to be an immovable contract. It could be. I'm trying to hang on to percentage of the cap. Someone will take him if they really want him as a seventh defenseman later, later in that later in that deal. Hell, he might even be the eye on their seventh defenseman. Can you know there there's still a lot of possibilities of where that can go. Um I don't know how the Islanders do it at this point. I'm not even paying attention to any of the speculation, although I do want to talk about Debrincat simply because he's a test case, right? Not necessarily because I think anything's there. Um, We've learned how we can get bitten by that. But yeah, Mayfield might be my least favorite one. Maybe followed by Varlamov just because I don't really like he needs to last season was better, but he needs to show he can keep doing that even at a bare minimum. And Sorokin really needs to be able to step up too and be be consistent. Um, he's definitely been really good. He was a Vezina runner up, but is at the you know we can't sit here and say oh the Islanders just need to get in, and then they get in and get run over and your goalie can't keep up. So. They have some of that to prove if that's really their identity of sure, we're going to be up and down all season, but once we get to the playoffs, you don't want to play us. They really lost that this year. So they need to regain that in a big way. And, and that's a lot on Sorokin, unfortunately for him. It's, it's a lot on him. So he needs to be ready. And a lot of that relies on Varlamov and the, and the coaching staff really giving Varlamov the games because they straight up did not do that. So that, maybe that's a red flag too, to your point. Um, the coaching staff were was just riding Sorokin. And granted, the team had like a 650-plus winning percentage after a certain point in the season, uh, after they got Horvat at the very least. And they rode that all the way to the, at least the first round. Um, I'm not sure that's a lot to hang your hat on, but at least it's something. They made the playoffs in four or five years with Lamarello. It gets to something to hang your hat on. Yeah, but did you want to talk about Debrincat a little bit? Well, or or we, a first line winger signing guy. Before we talk about Debrincat, there's there's something that that happened today. Uh, in some minor signings, right? I, I don't. I know you were moving. I don't know if you saw these happen. Um, Julian Gauthier, former New York Ranger, got a two year contract on a one way deal. For seven hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred dollars, um, they also brought in Brian Pino and Coolman, former Winnipeg Jet. Right, so Pino came from New Jersey. Coolman came from Winnipeg. Those are two-way deals. Those are depth guys. They'll be buried. It's the Gautier one for me. Right, he is, I think, gonna play 
the Islanders, right? Now we take that one step further. We look at the cap space, right? After signing Gautier, they have $387,500 in cap space. Now, what happens if you bury, um, what happens if you bury Ross Johnston contract? Nothing. Nothing changes, right? And Kuhlman's also no one, on the roster per cap friendly right now. Yeah, so when when he goes down, I think they have so it'll be two like and change, a little like two and change, uh, yeah, right? One one and change, yeah. So a couple things here, a couple things come to mind, right? Number one, I, I'm trying to think of what. Let's start with Zach Parise. He's, yeah, right. Oh my I god, think, I totally forgot about that. I think Zach Parise, the writing is on the wall there. He's probably retiring. There's no money for him. And look, maybe this was a contingency plan. Maybe the offer is still on the table. You let me know, I'll figure it out. Luda Zach. Right? But you're losing now 23 goals on a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract. Ouch. Is Cal Clutterbuck coming back, right? Because I wonder if Parise does come back or if they sign Oliver Wallstrom, who is unsigned right now as an RFA. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where where does Clutterbuck fit into this equation with Julian Gauthier on, on the roster now, right? That leads me to my, my last point in, like I said, Wallstrom, who needs to sign – does he get put into a package for a trade to be made later? This is all speculative. I know that the um, – and this isn't me reporting it. This is just what's out there. The Islanders are trying to see what they can do to acquire Debrinkat, right? As of yesterday, Jeff Marrick said it was down to just two teams, Detroit and the Islanders. So I wonder if these minor signings to bring in Gautier, Kuhlman, and Pino, um, the 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 la- the two latter are, are depth, but the Gautier one stands out to me with with no cap space, right? What's the one thing that Lamorello continues to say he's going to do? Hockey trades, right? He didn't get it done last summer. He got it done at the deadline, right? This summer. He's already done something different in announcing the trades. I'm sorry, announcing the free agent signings, right? We didn't have to wait till September, right? And although that he brought back his own. What a revelation. What a revelation, right? He already did something different. He announced his signings. What if there is a trade that is in the works here? Gauthier is now in as part of the depth that they're going to need when they trade, let's say, Oliver Wallstrom and... One other thing that Lou continued to talk about, you know, post-trade deadline and and at his uh, press conference this summer was the depth they have at the center position. Well, if anybody's being traded, who's the odd man out at the center position? It's J.G. Paggio. Right? So what if we see some sort of trade? And it could be for Debrinket or it could be for, you know, and listen, I'm not, this is speculative. This is just throwing, you know, something at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Yeah. 
William Nylander, who just submitted a 10-team no-trade list. Are the Islanders on that? Who knows, right? What if something bigger is happening here? Because all of these, all of these signings today, the little amount of cap space they have, that that there's no way in my mind they don't even have the roster space at this point. They're not and, going and into or, the season, nor like the this. dollars. Right? No, I, I I find that hard to believe. I I do wonder about Clutterbuck and Martin. Um, even Johnston, I, I don't. I really don't. God, that one hurts more by the day. I, yeah. I really that I really don't understand that one. But to your point about Walshman, I put this in the notes because having all these other deals signed early and announced, and then having the second wave of three players um, also sign Julian the Goat and, and these other two. Julian the Goat. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm. I'm. We're. we're we're coining it now before the season because he's he's inevitably going to fight somebody and score a goal in a game and he's going to be an Islanders legend forever. Tweet it. Um, thread it. it. Tweet it out. Thread it. Yeah, we're on threads. <laughs> That's been hockey. Um, oh my God, you made me lose my train of thought. I, I just, I, I guess I wonder about Wallstrom being part of a package and I speculated this in the notes just to say he's not signed yet and he's an RFA. If there's interest from Ottawa, just because the Islanders' name is attached to a Debrincat at this point, does Pajot, who I believe has some protection, a modified no trade clause, would he go back to Ottawa well, he's with from Wallstrom? There, so. Back to Ottawa with Wallstrom and a second round pick for Debrincat. Is that even enough? I don't even know what they're asking for Debrincat. I imagine. So the, the thing world. is, the, the, but then they the need to is... sign him. So that's that's only five million dollars freed up. Granted, uh, Kuhlman, Carson Kuhlman gets put down, so that's another seven seventy five. But then you, you still need to come up with another two million dollars for whatever deal you're going to sign with, um, Debrincat, and. It, does he want to sign a short-term deal because he knows the cap's going up? So you're, you're going to do a three-by-seven, a little bridge deal? I don't know what he's what was Debrinkat making before in Ottawa. Actually, I think his I think his qualifying offer is like nine million dollars. Um, his qualifying offer, I can tell you right now. I think it's really expensive. Debrinkat. Qualifying offer is nine million dollars. He was making yeah. six point four last year, so he's going to arbitration. So that means he'll make uh, at minimum eighty five percent of that, right? I don't foresee him getting his full nine million dollars if he goes to or if they get to arbitration and don't agree to something before they get there, because. He was a multi 40 goal scorer before he got traded to Ottawa. And last year, albeit still a good season, he scored 27 and 70 overall, 66, 66. 27 and 66. So, you know, look, 41, 78, uh, 41, 76 in, in years prior. He was a, uh, he's also a 30 goal scorer in between. You're looking at a guy who knows how to fill the net and he did, so significantly less in 22 23 
Um, I, I don't foresee him getting that that full nine if it gets to arbitration. I think he can um, probably get as low as 85%, not a math guy, but I'm thinking that's what, 7.5, maybe a little more. Um, you know, and if it look, if the Islanders, let's, let's just say for argument's sake, the Islanders trade for him and they sign him to an eight by eight, everyone's happy. Yeah, it's it's seven point six five. Okay, I was in, in that in, in that neighborhood. Yeah, it was better than I thought. For what are you like an English teacher or history like teacher that. or something? Or like I write words for a living too. So yeah, sure, you're a teacher. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, so I think it, having said that and gone, going through the math, which is probably the most uninteresting thing in the whole world. Even giving up Pajot, you're still down three and a half million dollars or three million dollars, something in that neighborhood to just get him on the payroll. I think that's Clutterbuck and Martin then. Right. That's that's three million dollars. Unless you just weren't, you know, that could have been Engvall too. And you were gonna sign some depth here or whatever. It's it's a little complicated to your point. It, it left a lot more questions than it did answers. And the, the title for the episode that I had was predictable yet surprising. And I'm questioning that a little bit because I think it's more along the lines of predictable and more questions. Like we knew things were coming, but it really didn't give us any more clarity of as to what this team is going to look like when we go into the season next year. I, I think it's a lot like, again, like the Rangers for a second where I, I have no idea who they are right. for the Islanders right now. I, I don't know what this is. This is yes. They added Bor Horvat. Yes. Bailey is gone, but it just doesn't feel different enough. And Engvall's staying. It doesn't feel you know, different enough for like actual progress to have been made. And I didn't see anybody in particular have a great season that's sticking around. Granted, Parise was that player that I'm really excited for seeing them again. I'm interested in the Angval situation. I want to see it. Oh, he, yeah. had the be- he had the best stretch of his career with the Islanders. I kind of need to see more proof of concept before I get too excited. It may not be worth getting too excited about. And that deal could look really good right away or awful right away. You know, so you just said Josh Bailey. I don't think we talked about him yet. We did quite a bit with Dan and Mike. Uh, No, but since since he actually has been bought out. Don't think we spoke about it. What's his situation? Has there been any movement there? So he was bought out by the. Uh, I'm sorry. So he was he was traded. To Chicago. I don't, we, I don't. I don't think we spoke about this. He was traded to I Chicago. Think we did. I think did we, we knew talk that. about this. It was before free agency. Because that first buyout did. window ended on the 30th, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe we did. Regardless. He got bought out by Chicago. Now he's a free agent. No one has. No one signed him. Does he retire? Is that an option? 
do you see him come back to the Islanders in a, like a management role? Like he did oh. say, he did say that, you know, Long Island is home. So whenever I'm done playing, we'll, we will be living there. Does that happen early? I wonder. He may get Jerome Ginwood. I understand they're very different players, but <laughs> you know, it might be forced retirement by no one signing him. That that very well may be what the end of his career would be. And that's awful. That's awful. Yeah. It it would have been better somehow if he just didn't play the last year. But he I think he had hopes. Yeah. And he probably still does in, in some capacity. It it must be really tough. And it'll you know, we spoke about this with like I say with Mike and Dan of Lighthouse, and if you missed that episode, definitely go check it out. Um there's a lot of emotions on our side of things. I can only imagine what it's like for him to be essentially let go by the only team, the only employer you've ever known Yep. in your, in your entire life. And it stinks. I, I read a lot of good pieces about him from the fans perspective and kind of sitting in, in their feelings about him. But it was good for the moment of, of seeing him not on the, on the payroll anymore on cap friendly and that $5 million going away. Um, Cause it just, it needed to happen and it stinks that even more needs to happen. I, I like Pajot too. Um, he was part of a more recent kind of upswing of the team and playoff runs and things. It's, he was really important. Um, I think the magic wore off a little bit with him, but yeah, it's tough to see those players kind of go through it. Um, I don't think there's a player as hated and loved at the same time. You know, uh, Pantorno wrote a good piece about why he's part of the Islanders Hall of Fame, why he should be considered part of the Islanders Hall of Fame. Um, it was hard to argue against any of that. He was so frustrating in between those moments, though. He scored two huge yeah. overtime goals against the Penguins in two different series was around for everything in between that's I'm happy we're on this side of it because I'd rather be upset about the end than continue struggling through him being on the team. If that makes any sense. hundred percent t-shirt idea breakup stink. <laughs> yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll listen back and, and uh, to all of our t-shirt ideas from this episode and try to make it happen. I do really want to do merch. That's I know an you office reference. <laughs> oh, it over uh, over my head for a second. I do really want to do merch, though. I know I talked to you about that. You did, and um, and I loved your idea. If you want to just do a, a quick aside here, yeah. Do you want to do you want to share that idea? I kind of want to just do hardcore band kind of merch, but NHP style. Love it. So uh, like a wolf biting down on a hockey stick and it's breaking. Give and it just me. Nasty in hockey. Above and below, um, like a. I, I guess I would do it if if it was made to order. So like you ordered it, and we only made that much. Like each run was very limited, so that it wasn't a billion dollars, and we didn't really have to keep track of it. So I, even though I'm moving into a house, I do not need my office filled up with boxes of stuff and mailing <laughs> it out to everybody. Um, I I very much appreciate you all, but uh, I do not want to be spending my summer evenings. Or, or any evenings for that matter, mailing out a bunch of 
a bunch of merch, but I would like people to have stuff if they like it. I don't even have one. I think you have one. I have a glass that someone made like personally for me. Yeah, but you have. Nice. You actually have one of our crew necks. Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. Somewhere in my drawers that I need to clean out desperately. But uh, and it and it was our old logo too. Yeah, our old logo. Um, I do really like our new logo. Actually, I would love a hat like this with just our logo on it. I would love. All right, now I'm gonna look up embroidered, like crewnecks and hats or something. Let's go, dude. Uh, I'll figure it out. I gotta get somebody to to, to draw up uh, the logo for me. I'll, I have a bunch of tattoo artist friends. Maybe I'll ask somebody if if you if you all want merch, let us know. Maybe it'll it'll push me in that direction. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have it for the start of the season or something. I'd love to partner with somebody on it too. Like somebody that are, is already kind of doing some cool merch that we can kind of be a part of about the Islanders. Um, I don't know. I guess that I guess there are people out there. I'll I'll figure. I'll figure something out. Um, we we kind of covered quite a bit here, um, regarding you know Clutterbuck and Martin off the books next summer. The cap going up. Um, some of these deals looking a little bit better as we go i was really surprised at some of these signings today as you already brought up um the gothier right is that how you say it did i just make that up i think I just, it's gochier but gochier i just right. like frenched it up real hard yeah. um I, I just i remember him from the rangers nothing terribly exciting but that the name stuck out to me right away i was i was kind of surprised to see that today um you know, it's funny, and, and, and I guess Debrinkat and and some other players, that, that, that might be a place where we can end the show here. You and I were texting the last few days, and every time we brought up a player, they got signed immediately. So we're like, ah, Duchesne would be nice, I guess. Immediately got signed. Yep. Um, tr- players getting traded. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe Pacioretty? Like, did they just kind of do it? Nope. No one. So I was just kind of like, I, I texted you. A guy like that. I Andy and Rono. The the stat card guys tweeted out, this guy is still unsigned. Would make a really good 3C. And I texted you, this is the guy, right? They should get this guy. He would be a really good 3C if they end up making this bigger deal where Pajot goes the other way. It was Evan Rodriguez. I shit you not. Right, right. Immediately. 30 Immediately. seconds later. 30 seconds later gone gone yeah i wish that was an exaggeration he was a Where, florida like, panther the, the time between texts oh evan rodriguez would be really nice never mind that was the literal time between texts yeah that was that was tough to swallow there, there was a bunch of really good players i i think there still are and maybe it's rfas and we've said it, it it's it may be a lot of Lemerle's season to shine on the trade market and it may just be getting creative and um there are some teams with some room out there so it's not Certainly. impossible for a Pajot which uh, again unfortunately I think that's the guy to move um I don't know who they fill the 3C with but I guess you just figure it out as you go um you maybe you just bump Sezikis up and figure out your fourth line um looking a little bit different, which I don't think would be the end of the world. Um, are there any 
players left aside from Debrinkat that are on your radar that would you think would look look good in Iowa's uniform? William Nylander. That's a serious trade, and he's at, he's asking for quite a bit too. So yeah. that's you're you're moving. But who drafted? I don't know, him? Right, but are where are you finding nine or ten million dollars? That's a different thing than even. It's still in the neighborhood of what of DeBrincat is asking for, but and he's performed in the playoffs. Let's not forget that Nylander has been good as as much as the the Maple Leafs have faltered. He he has been the bright spot, and he scored forty goals last season. Right. Where do you fit him in? Like you, you make room for William Nylander. I don't disagree. I just, I, I think there's just actual logistics. I think is really easy to say that, but I, <laughs> yeah, like in theory, of course, you make room for him. But that's Pajot and another five million dollar player. Well, I'll, I'll say this: um, you, you can go ten percent over the salary cap until puck drop on day one of the regular season. So there is time to get that figured out. That's not wrong. It's still a lofty situation. That really puts the pressure on. And you know Lou would never announce that and approach other teams with the knowledge that he's over 10% and needs to move somebody. I'm not sure that's exactly how he would want to. That's a good point. Operate now. Does it mean that a a deal in theory wouldn't be made for him to, or a handshake deal to be made about a trade for him to just wait to see if he can actually do it? I don't know how long Toronto actually waits around for that. The honest, like the assets. It kills me because I, I just want like a Dufour or Durando or somebody to hit. Yeah. And Ishkakov to, all right, you're going to trade Wallstrom and Pajot to get Debrinkat, whether directly or indirectly. Um, How many of those can you really give up? And can you just have one of them hit, please? If you're going to give up Wallstrom, can one of those Bridgeport players hit and fill out your third line or something? Yeah, it, that that's a that's a really good point, and um, I did see something the other day on uh, Twitter. It was a, a screenshot of the Islanders' drafts between I think it was like 2017 and, and and 2020, and the only players to this point to actually hit is Noah Dobson, and that's it. Like we're talking. Six times three, 18. 18 players they drafted. One? One of them hit? Yeah, and you're still struggling with like a Holmstrom. You really don't know what you have it as far as an NHL player in Dufour or Ishkakov. Wallstrom still. Yeah. Wallstrom still, for, you know, for the most part. Um, Maggio, who's brand new, has not played professional yet. Um, you know what you don't have? Koivala and some of these other players. Um, Andrioff clearly is not a... I mean, he could be the fourth-line center if you have to move Sezikis up. But surrounding them, other than fashing, and if you're not going to bring Parise back and you're going to use Gauthier in one way, or whatever his name is, Gauthier, (laughs) 
Um, it got me all screwed up. I don't even I don't know what that looks like now. Like I don't I don't know what their bottom six looks like. Because for now, Lee is on the first line. Whether you like that or not with uh, with Horvat and Barzell. Yep. So you still need to figure out that that bottom six in a real serious way. If Peugeot's got one foot out the door and you're not sure about what any of those players look like, and not by his own volition, I suppose. Um, Peugeot just you got to free up space somehow if you're going to add in the top six. Walsham's still not re-signed, so that's a big question mark on the third line. If you're going to open up more space, that could be Clutterbuck and Martin. For now, that fourth line stays intact. Um, But it's fashing and Peugeot on that third line with a big question mark. I mean, maybe Durando. I'd love to see that. He's an RFA after this year. He's still 24 years old. Would love to see a Durando there. That would make a lot of sense to me. Again, let the kid, let it hit. Let him do it. He played fantastic. He didn't produce, but he played fantastic. He was not, it was far from a liability out there. Um, but we'll see. Like you said, go days around. Um, geez. These are so many players. They're at the 23, <laughs> 23 man, ro- like the, at the roster limit. Granted, one of those players, they, they probably have 22, 23, because there's, there's no chance Coolman, not to be confused with Coolman, is going to be around. Um, but his cap hit isn't the problem there. It's, it's just the roster space. So you're not saving a whole lot, even though you open up a roster, a roster spot. So it's, to your point, I, I think, this brought up more questions than answers so far. Um, any any kind of closing thoughts here? Any other players you think the Islanders have their eye on? You know, uh, Tarasenko hasn't made a decision yet. You know that became morning, more appealing, huh? All of a sudden, yeah. Th- this morning, you know, he was. Um, there was there was you know talk that. He was going to the Hurricanes. I think it was like close. You know, I I I can confirm that the league knew it was in the works. Something happened between, I think maybe Friday, and well, I'm sorry. What's today? Wednesday. I'm I'm thinking something happened between Saturday and today, where Tarasenko fired his agent today. Saw that, and he's got new representation. So, um, not not too sure what went down there, um, but it was looking close to Carolina enough that the the NHL themselves were getting ready for that announcement, um, and then last minute fell through. Very interesting turn of event there. So, the word is that he turned down though, like a significant offer, like five and a half, six million dollars a year on a multi year contract. <laughs> it, that's that's a scary one for me, if they're if if they commit that much to a, a guy like him who, you know, look he's been he's been healthy as of late, but you know he's on the wrong side of thirty and no no question he can score, but you know it, it's just did he impress you with the Rangers? I thought he you was watched good. him in that playoff series. Yeah, I thought I thought he was good. Of, of any of the free agent, I'm sorry, of any of the trade deadline acquisitions, he was the better one. Do you think he's worth a one-year deal? Yes. For one year, sign me up. I'm taking that. I think that's kind of where I'm at too. 
maybe two. Like, but I don't give think him he the security, I guess. He may just that may just be where things kind of fall. He's older than Taylor Hall and some of these other players. And John Klingberg had eventually worked out, although I think he got, and that's another play Toronto got too. Um, he eventually got half, right? He's a $4 million, maybe a little bit more than a $4 million player now. He was asking for eight by eight from Dallas. He took the one year deer deal in Anaheim, kind of like Hall did in um in Buffalo. And then it's very different on the other side. So maybe it's not very appealing to him for, to do that one year deal because if he has a bad season, it, it may not work well, out. Right. And and that that might be it. What about you? Any free agents or guys out there that you think maybe they should take a chance on? I have been thinking more about um Tarasenko. I but I I, I just I think the the deals are through trades because one way or another, they need to relieve some of that cap space. I'm just not really sure who's available. That is even mildly interesting. Um, Bergeron, Kane, Krejci, Tarasenko, the top four UFAs as far as points from last season. None of them broke 60, by the way. After that, on the, in the goal, just on the goal scoring side of things, maybe Thomas Tatar, who's 32. That I don't think that's a first line signing though. He he didn't even break 50 points last year. Um, I, you you know you're looking for a 20 goal scorer, someone that has that potential. I don't even think there's anybody, you know, not like a Jonathan Taves or a Kessel or things like that, um, that are even capable of that anymore. There really aren't players available. It it definitely confirms it's the summer of Lou as far as the trade is concerned, where I think that's his strength and what he's done really well with the Islanders for the most part. No one really stands out. I, I it might just be um, more of an RFA thing. Um, is Vince Sun still not signed? I would say if you're going to do anything, leave your forwards right and. Figure out your D in a different way. Yeah. I'd be happy with that kind of thing. Um, but Debrinkrat obviously stands out. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what the deals are with Anaheim, with like Troy Terry. I find it hard to believe they're just going to give up on a, a player like that and just get rid of him and try to and trade him for a Wallstrom, who's very, very much not proven at all yet um there aren't a lot of players available that are 20 goal scores shane pinto yeah. in ottawa trevor zegras who's probably not going anywhere um gabriel velardi in winnipeg um but again you're you're, you're not talking De Brincat is the only even rfa other than zegras as a first line guy that I would even consider giving up serious assets for. Yeah. And it's assets not just to get that player, but to relieve the cap space you already have. Yeah. I I really think and look, we've been here before, we've seen this before. You know, 
the Islanders are, are in on, on the big name and, you know, they fall short on the hometown team, right? That's where the brinket's from, Detroit. Um, But, you know, something's got to give at some point. And, you know, there's a certain line Steve Eisman doesn't cross. And I he he's already apparently balked at, you know, some of what the Brinkett wants. Maybe it's not part of his plan or his vision. I think he's certainly worth every penny. So I, I would not be upset with the Islanders giving up significant assets for a guy like the Brinkett. He checks all the boxes. He's like the only guy other than maybe William Nylander who's out there and available. He'll probably come cheaper than Nylander. And they paid, the the Senators paid a a first, second, and third round pick last year for him. And he performed significantly worse than he did in his 41-goal season. I don't think that, I don't think that he'll come that, that expensive. I think you you bite the bullet on losing a Pajot. You, if you have to, send Wallstrom with him. You bring in Dubrinkit. And if you can figure out a way to create more cap space, I, I also said this to you the other day, and you said, I don't know what that means, but it was a typo. Um, Pius Suter. He was an Islander once before. Uh, he came in on a uh, PTO, didn't end up making it. I think he went back overseas, but reinvented himself, came back, and he's had a pretty good NHL career thus, thus far. Perfectly good third-line center. I think that would be a really, really good body of work for Lamorello this summer, even with some of the long-term contracts that he has committed to. Yeah, definitely some more work. Uh, I'm not sure about next week's episode. I have to get all my new gear set up in my new place. Um, but if there's anything breaking, we'll definitely make sure to cover it. I, I think we're just in a waiting mode. Uh, you know, the predictable yet surprising name does stick pretty pretty well. But like I said earlier, it's just so many more questions. Right. This This has not settled anything it's really just made things more muddy and i like your point he definitely lou definitely has a lot of work cut out for him he definitely does um well what do you say we wrap this up and hold out hope there's more to come go for it please rate review subscribe wherever you do you listen to or watch the show you can follow us on twitter instagram threads and YouTube at Nassman Hockey. I apologize for the fireworks in the background. My neighbors are insane and have <laughs> professional grade uh, what Grucci fireworks. Apparently, they do this uh, for a week after and during July Fourth. Uh, soon enough, I will not live in Crazy Town anymore, where people have fireworks friggin' every single day. It's hard to go to sleep. Um, you can find James' work at New Jersey Hockey Now. Not going to make that mistake again. New Jersey hockey now. <laughs> I don't even have it written down. And the fourth period. Uh, and make sure to subscribe to Isles Fixed uh, for their daily newsletter throughout the summer, especially as news is breaking. James, bring us home. 
Until next time, everyone, follow us on Threads.